Uh, now, I read that it's Family Sunday and the kids uh, stay in here, so uh, my introduction of my message is going to be for the kids. Kids, look up here. This is for you. Adults, you can listen along if you would like. When I was growing up, one of the most exciting times for me was Christmas and my birthday. Why? Because I liked presents. And I remember there was a present that I really wanted. You know, sometimes you have a gift, you ask for the gift, and you're like, can I have this please? But you don't know if you're going to get it or not. One year, it was my 13th birthday, I wanted a new bicycle. So I had a just, you know, average bicycle for elementary school. And for my 13th birthday, I got a bicycle. It was 10 speeds, had drop handlebars, so I could be cool. And then I just kind of needed it for driving around. When I got that bicycle, I just lost it with excitement. I was shouting in the house, yeah, it's just what I wanted, and I got it. Now, one Christmas, I didn't ask for this gift, which was like uh, this electronic experiment set. I didn't ask for it, but my parents knew me. And they said, we're going to give this to him. I didn't ask for it, and I got it. And do you know what? I liked it. Oh, it was fun. Now, every Christmas and birthday, as a, as a boy, I remember opening presents, and my mother would give me clothes. This was not exciting. Okay, clothes. Okay, but did I need clothes? Yes. Uh, there was one gift, I'll just be honest with you, I did not like. I mean, inside, I was going, for this gift. And it was this. Uh, my brother was six years younger than me. And my mother would regularly give us matching shirts that we had to wear to church together. Like in public, we had to wear matching shirts. And she was all happy that we could match. And inside, I was like, Rrr. Now, why do I share these stories? Uh, it's great to receive gifts and presents. And the beauty of it is we serve a God who is a gift giving God. Now here's the kicker with the Bible, okay? The question isn't always, will God give me what I want or what I need? With God, the question also is, who do you trust? What do you trust in? And so today as we look at God's provision, we're not going to just look at what God provides, but along with that is, who do I really trust in? What am I trusting in? I mean, it's easy to say, oh yes, I trust in God. But when I live out my life, where does my trust lie? Uh, now this message is going to have three parts to it. The past, the present, and the future. And each one of these points is going to deal with food. I thought this would be appropriate with us celebrating the Lord's Supper this morning. So God's provision with food, past, present, and future. And so we begin uh, with the past. And uh, the scripture reading is going to be split up into three parts. So uh, throughout the sermon uh, will be three different scripture readings. Uh, the first passage is from Exodus chapter 16. They, the children of Israel, set out from Elam 
And all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, the past. We have one of the greatest salvation stories of the Old Testament. In fact, a foundational salvation story, the Exodus. The children of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. God sends a leader, Moses. The ten plagues. They leave Egypt. The crossing of the Red Sea. And now, in the wilderness, the slaves are finally free. There are a few events that are a little touch and go before this story. But as we come to Exodus chapter 16, they have been traveling for about a month and a half. And they are in the middle of the wilderness with no provision in sight. Imagine, you are in the desert with no way to get out of the desert and there is there is no food around. The people are hungry. Now, do any of you get cranky when you get hungry? Yes, some brave souls raise their hands, but you know who you are. You just get a bit cranky when you get hungry. Now, these people here, they were cranky, and the Bible says they grumbled, and all of them grumbled. But the grumbling was not just complaining. It went a step further. They began to say, why in the world did God save us at all? They were, they were mad. Really mad. They, they even said, after the ten plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea and God's provision, they even had the nerve to say, we should have stayed in Egypt. You know, we had plenty of food in Egypt. Actually, we shouldn't have just stayed in Egypt. It would have been better if we had died in Egypt than out here in this, this desert. This is awful. So God in his grace, God, the providing God, provides for them manna. He provides for them what the Bible says is bread from heaven. So, so bread. The bread is manna. 
And what was this manna? This was food enough just for the day and just enough for them to survive. This was no banquet. This was not, oh, I am satisfied with food. This was just enough. God knew just what they needed at that moment for them to survive. It was bread, but it was also from heaven. It was a test. The Bible says this. The po- part of the point of the manna being enough is people of God, are you going to trust God? Are you going to believe that he will provide? Are you going to respond to God's faithfulness with faithfulness on your own part? What are you going to do? So this is a beautiful provision for the people, but it's just enough. You know, before I move on, I'd I'd like us to think about our prayer life. Uh, Very often in prayer, we ask for things that we need and very worthwhile things that we need. And as we come before God in prayer, we should come with faith, believing that God is a giving God. But we also must come trusting God. We must come with a humble heart that seeks to be faithful before God, whatever the outcome, because ultimately we trust that God has things under control, and he is a God that provides, and we are called to trust in him with the enough that we are given. So, provision in the past, the manna, the children of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, Now we're going to turn our attention to the present. Uh, For the present, I'm going to read from John chapter 6. Now you might say, well, this story happened in the past. Well, true, but the words that I'm going to read point to the Lord's Supper. And this morning, presently, you and I, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper together. So in the next passage is from John chapter 6. It is an extensive passage about Jesus being bread. I have just selected a few verses. Uh, John 6, starting at verse 49. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that One may eat of it and not die. I, Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, You have no life in you. God's word for us. Now that last verse is strange on first reading. And uh, I will get to it in just a moment. Uh, But first, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. What did he feed them? Bread. This created a stir among the people. They wanted more. Wow, if Jesus can provide this, what else can he provide for our lives? And so there are crowds following Jesus, crowds saying, Jesus, we want more. Give us what we want. 
boy, this is so tempting for us to do that, right? We want what we want. And Jesus says, uh, earlier in the passage, he says, well, I am the bread. And they think, oh, the manna. Jesus is the manna. Okay, good. What else can you give us? And Jesus said, well, in essence, I'm giving you myself. And the people were like, well, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to get more? And Jesus said, simply, trust in me. Trust in me. I am the bread, and I am enough for your lives. You're seeking for this and this. You want this, this, and this. But no, come to me. Trust in me. I am enough. I am the new manna, and I am enough. I am enough. In verse 51, Jesus says, He is the living bread from heaven. The living bread from heaven. And then he says these very odd words, Eat my flesh. What, what is going on there? So the people are thinking very physically. Manna, hunger, stomach. Okay, I have some food. Jesus is thinking spiritually. As the manna provided food for one day at a time, Jesus came and said, you trust in me and my food is going to provide you life, not just for today, but for life eternal. Th this is huge, what Jesus is saying. Life eternal, not just for today. So we see here that Jesus is talking on a different plane. He's talking about faith in Jesus Christ. He's talking about eternal life, not just uh, having a, a, a full stomach for the day and, and being happy with that. Jesus is offering so much more. At the end of this chapter, people are still confused by these hard words that Jesus said, eat my flesh. And Jesus, Jesus straight up says, the words I speak to you are words of spirit. They're spiritual words. So what is going on here is that Jesus is saying that, in essence, I have come to die for you. My flesh will be broken. My body will be broken. I am going to suffer and die for you. So the eating the flesh is actually the plan of salvation. We trust in Jesus. What do we trust in Jesus about? We trust that Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross, reconciling us with Almighty God and guaranteeing life enough for today and enough for forever, for eternity. True, true life. Destroying the power of sin and death, Jesus Christ did this through the breaking of his body on the cross. Now, this passage does not specifically talk about the Lord's Supper, but it clearly points to the Lord's Supper. What is the Lord's Supper about? It is about remembering this great salvation that Jesus provided and saying, I trust in Jesus. I trust in Jesus. And I need Jesus to be enough for me every single day. Every day. Now, uh, this week, any of you, do you think you'll be tempted to complain or grumble or not be satisfied about something, lack contentment? Uh, 
In eighth grade Bible, uh, the students at one point have to memorize Philippians 2.14. And before I present the verse, I'm like, and now you are going to memorize the most difficult thing in the entire Bible for you to live out. And look at me. And I'm like, do not grumble or argue at all. And they're like, ah! Well, no, they're not like that. But I'm like, okay, now we're going to go around the room and everybody is going to share something they grumble about. And you can't repeat what somebody else said. Guess what? There's so many things to grumble about, they don't run out of topics. It just goes around. Now, why do I bring this up? This is very common for us as humans. We can, you know, right now, the Lord's Supper, amen, this is wonderful. But this week... Something happens, and that tempts us, and we grumble, complain, we lack satisfaction, uh, we're discontent over something. Urgh! Friends, that is the point. The point where we are grumbling and complaining. That is the point, right there, where God is calling you to trust in Jesus, that your Savior Jesus is enough for your life. He ultimately is your true food, not life working out always the way you want it to work out. Jesus is enough. We can't just say, oh, I believe this, I believe this, that's good and we need to, but it also needs to work out in a lived reality in our lives. Now, now what do we do? What do we do? Well, there's whole sermon series written on how we respond faithfully to God. I will just say one thing is we need each other. Uh, this is good that we've gathered in community to worship. And it is good that you have relationships with one another so that we can encourage one another in the faith. And something else that we need to do, you know what we need to do? We need to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We don't do it because it's a religious ritual or just it's something nice, it, 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 it makes me feel good, oh, this, this little symbolism here. No. When we come to the Lord's table, let's come as needy people, hungry for Jesus. Do you know that kid's song? <clears throat> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then how does the end part go? We are weak. But he is strong. We come to the Lord's table today acknowledging our grumbling and our complaining. Acknowledging our weakness and our sin. Acknowledging we are not perfect. And does God push us away because we are not perfect? No. God says, I invite you to come because you need Jesus. And in a few minutes when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, may we come because we need it in our lives. We need it. So the past, God provides for his people day by day enough with manna. And I, I should say, what was the end result of the journey in the wilderness? It wasn't manna, the end result. It was the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In our lives now, even as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we have daily strength in Jesus Christ. But what is the end result? The end result is the new heavens and the new earth, where there is no more pain, where there is perfect peace, perfect, perfect harmony among people. It's the perfect life. And we're in process in that direction for that promise. And so that introduces very well 
My last point, the future. The future. And I have two passages here. Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, 13 and 14. In him, in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And then as uh, Matthew records the Lord's Supper, in uh, Matthew 26, uh, he takes the bread, breaks it, and gives it to them. And then verse 27, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Today is Pentecost Sunday. The gift of the Holy Spirit to the church in Acts chapter 2. And of course, much could be said about the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the being used by the Holy Spirit to bless the church and to be a light in this world for Jesus. But I would like to focus our attention on the Holy Spirit from Ephesians is a deposit. It's an assurance in our life guaranteeing the future hope that we have. And what is this future hope? Many words can describe it, the new heavens and the new earth. But one of the ways it can be described is Jesus alluded to this in the Lord's Supper. I will not drink of this again until I drink anew in the kingdom. What is Jesus referencing? The marriage supper, the banquet of the Lamb, where we are completely satisfied. And so the Lord's Supper, even now as we partake and say, we need Jesus in our lives right now for strength, it is pointing to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we have the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing this for us. The future is an interesting thing. Have you ever just gone downhill because you're worrying and your mind is going through all of the negative, all of the possible negative outcomes for a given situation? What we're doing is we don't know what the future is going to bring, and so we start to worry. Has the unknown of the future ever created fear within you? Yes, this, this happens. We don't know what's going to happen. And so the future fills us with fear that can paralyze us and can even lead us to, to act in ungodly ways because of the future. Friends, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to realize this gift is an assurance. It is a guarantee that no matter what happens today, this week, next month, or next year, no matter what happens, we have a deposit guaranteeing our future inheritance, our eternity in the context of this sermon, the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
And that is something to celebrate. That is something to rest and to have peace in. The beauty of that promise. Uh, today, we come expectantly to the table of our Lord to feed on Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to be satisfied with Jesus, that Jesus is enough. You know, I want to read for you two very uh, well-known Bible passages. Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him, through Jesus, who gives me strength. The all this, what's the context of the all this? It's everyday life. The Apostle Paul in everyday life, how he was living, I looked at Jesus and he will give me the strength to get through. He is my food. And then Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will meet all my needs. These are the truths that we have in mind as we come to the Lord's table today. For our communion service this morning, uh, I'm going to invite you to uh, follow along on the screen uh, so that uh, together uh, we confess these words of truth um, and together we pray as well. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We give thanks to God the Father that our Savior Jesus Christ, before he suffered, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. From 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For what I received from the Lord, what I also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, we proclaim our faith as signed and sealed in this sacrament. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord our God, send your Holy Spirit so that this bread and cup may be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we and all your saints be united with Christ and remain faithful in hope and love. Gather your whole church, O Lord, into the glory of your kingdom. We join in prayer with the words Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared his table for all who love and trust in him alone for their salvation. It's not for the perfect. It's just for the needy and the trusting. All who are truly sorry for their sins, who sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, who desire to live in obedience to him as Lord, are now invited to come with gladness to the table of the Lord. The gifts of God for the people of God. And please uh, follow my lead of when to partake in the, the bread and the, and the juice. The bread which we break is a communion in the body of Christ. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And so we take the bread. Take, eat, remember, and believe. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given and was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. The cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks is a communion in the blood of Christ. From the book of Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So we take the juice, and I say take and drink and remember and believe that the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins.